to tonight's episode of Man in the Mirror Book Club, and the and we are happy again to bring our very own Mr. Don, not even that author extraordinaire Don Wood to Man in the Mirror with Kai and Michelle. This evening we are continuing the book club, as I said. And we've been reading and discussing Don Wood's The Good Work. We are having monthly discussions about this bestseller. In tonight's episode, we will be discussing Chapter 3. Dun, dun, dun. Wait till you guys hear about (laughs) Chapter 3. God has his tools. Now, I thought I had tools, but we are talking tonight about God having his tools. And first, let's back up. Welcome back. Um, to the show, uh, Mr. Don Wood, author extraordinaire. You know, I'm going to call you hey. with author A.E., <laughs> author extraordinaire. Yeah, that's it. Because, you know, I can't spell, but I'll call you author extraordinaire. All right. Hey, good to be here. I'm really glad to uh, have the opportunity to uh, to spend some time with you and, uh, and uh, just enjoy the discussion. And welcome back on the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm blessed as always, Kai. <laughs> Hello, Dawn. Hey, great to have you back again as well. Hey, thank yes. you so much. We are struggling along, and I'm I'm enjoying it. And again, before we get started, if you have any questions or um, comments, please press the number one on the phone, and um, you'll be put in our queue. And I will ask Michelle to open us up with prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being here today, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for Don and his book, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for those listeners that will be blessed by the conversation today, God. Lord, we just ask you to bless the show, Lord God. Bless Don. Lord, allow him to speak uh, whatever you put in his spirit, Lord God, and to bless those who are listening. We thank you, Lord, for all things, all blessings. Bless uh, myself and Kai and every person under the sound of our voice, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Good prayer. And let's dive into what tonight is about. Arthur Donwood, as we told you, is a retired educating, educator living in Riley, North Carolina. His higher education experience includes teaching business communication, publication design, journalism, and leadership at Opal University, Indiana University, Howard University, Virginia Tech, and Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem State University. Well, this man has been all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. So, look, if you want to need to talk to somebody about information, you know, you may need a, you may need a recommendation. Call this guy right here. All right. <laughs> now, think about it. When you break an arm or leg, we go to the orthopedic doctor. It is next to impossible to properly set a broken bone alone. When we have vision trouble, we go through an ophthalmologist to see if there is an intended problem, internal problem with our eyes, cataracts, glaucoma, um, macular degeneration, diabetic uh, retinopathy. None of these can be fixed by you alone. Tea can't fix those issues. <laughs> that's funny because a lot of people say, oh, drink a cup of hot tea, baby. You'll be all right. <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what those old, you know, that's old school. Just drink a hot cup of hot tea, baby. You'll be all right. Finally, when there's a heart issue, we go to a cardiologist. Trying to do your own open heart surgery. Step one, anesthesia. Two, God has his tools and that's funny yeah and i like how you open up chapter three with um this verse because it's very important but now god has placed the members each one of them in the body just as he desired if they were all one member with the body with the body b but now there are many members but one body and i read that again but now god has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If if they all were one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. All right. 
All right. And I'm going to start it off at this time because this is a book club. So when we, you know, if you come in, if you read it, if you start reading it, you're going to understand why we, we have these discussions. At times when I tell the story about my counseling experience, some people feel that I've committed a great sacrilege by seeking professional help. Uh-oh. Right now, you may be saying, no, 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 no. You have just insulted God. You don't need counseling. Where is your faith? God has all you need. Your problem is unbelief. Just trust him. You're putting your faith in man? And God said, the arm of flesh shall fail you. And let's do it again. And God said, the arm of flesh shall fail you. Just as your hand in the hand, just as you put your hand in the hand and fall on the rock, you are returning to the faithful one. Are you returning to the faithful one? Just pray and watch the demons flee. Okay, that is a great start. So I'm going to ask you just, you know, what are you talking about? And I'm like, that's a great start because these are things that we hear every day. And in here you talk about what people say is, if you're dealing with an issue, and my pastor is always talking about, and you hear about movie stars talking about, they go see a therapist. So right now you're talking about, hey, God has given us tools, but we as people don't want to use them. I'll say that again. Yeah. God has given us tools. It's like having a tool belt on, and you keep trying to fix something. You never reach down in that tool belt <laughs> to fix anything that you need. I mean, that's and, and, that, and that's what you're saying. I have a tool belt, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm over here trying to repair my house. But I'm just holding up. I got the nails in on the left side, the hammer in the right side. I'm trying to hammer it. I'm trying to put this, this, this old ceiling's been doing this for a while, but I'm just trying to fix it. But I'm trying to yeah. figure out why, why aren't I reaching <laughs> down, getting a nail, and why aren't I reaching down, getting a hammer? It's been there the whole time. But, That's right. you know, what they say, do it yourself. Right. A lot of guys say, do it yourself. You don't need to go get, the... okay, do it yourself. Yeah. Okay, sometimes. I don't need any tools. Right, I don't need any tools. I don't need nobody to help. I don't need, I don't need to go see the expert. Excuse me, I say, yeah. I, don't go, I don't need to see the expert who went to school to study all of this. I don't need to, okay, I'm sorry. This is, that's just my rant. All right, God has his tools. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us about this. Well, yeah, and and what you're saying is 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 true, and and I think one of the things is is that, um, I, I I knew of a person who was you know in charge of a church. I I had uh, gone to uh, I was asked to speak at this particular place, and uh, and I I shared this experience of of uh, actually going through and uh, getting getting the counseling and so forth. And how much it it had helped me, and I even suggested I said that some people are trying very hard to get over certain issues in their lives, and uh, and they may need to ask God to send them or show them to a uh, a dedicated Christian counselor who might be able to help them uh, to deal with the issues in their lives, and of course, you know several people were really you know, interested in this idea and so forth. And I guess somehow a word got back to the, uh, the, the pastor of that church, uh, that I was, uh, that I had said this and, uh, and oh man, he, the next time he preached, I was sitting there and he decided he was going to go into a, a long spiel about, uh, we'll say, you know, they go to counseling and so forth. He's, I guess that's okay. But I tell you this, you don't need that. If you have the Lord, you don't need all that. You can go, and maybe he went on and on and on about how you don't, need, you don't need this counseling if you have the Lord. And that's why I put that situation in there about all these different medical issues that we have. We have no problem understanding that if I've broken a bone or I have vision problems or if I have uh, heart problems or something like that, um, I need professional help, people who are trained to deal with those issues. But when it comes to the mind, we think, no, that is a totally spiritual thing and that, that 
you know, that we need to just pray our way out of this and we need to, uh, you know, just tough it out because to seek help with uh, issues of the heart and of the mind is to uh, turn our backs on God and go for, you know, put, put our focus on human help. This isn't, this isn't totally true. Problem that I think that a lot of people are facing today is, is that we are generally trying to fix symptoms. And we're not getting to the root causes of why we act and deal the way we do. And so you can read a lot of self-help books and you can get a whole lot of, you know, uh, motivational speakers who will tell you uh, ways of dealing with the symptoms you're facing. But symptoms are not your problem. Symptoms are indicators of a an underlying problem. Case in point, if I'm coughing, coughing is not my problem. Coughing indicates that there is something in my system that my body is trying to get out. So if fluid is building up in my lungs or if I have some kind of other irritation, uh, I start coughing. My body immediately starts coughing to try and eject whatever it is that shouldn't be in my system. If I have a headache, it may be a symptom of a variety of things. It could be a symptom of the fact that I'm not drinking enough water. It could be a symptom of the fact that I am very tense and stressed out. It could be a symptom of the fact that I have some kind of uh, allergic reaction to something, or I might have migraines. I might have any number of problems, but the headache is not the problem. It's something else that's causing me to have a headache. And I could go down a whole list of other kinds of symptoms that we might have. So in general, what happens is if I have an anger problem or people see that I'm always getting angry, then I start reading up on how to stop being angry. And I get all these help, count to 10, uh, think good thoughts, uh, try to do, you know, this and try to do that or, uh, you know, drink a certain tea, whatever it is. But, you know, and you can fix your anger problem by just making the decision not to be angry anymore, not to act angry. Don't, don't talk to people. Hide in a box. Whatever it is you have to do to stop being angry. But that does not get to the issue of why are you angry in the first place? What has made it so that you feel this need to blow up on people? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And see, so trying to fix the symptoms is the same thing that we do to ourselves. I may have a, a serious lung problem or respiratory issue, and I'm coughing and I'm coughing, but instead of trying to find out what's causing me to cough, I go out and spend my life savings on cough medicine. And Mm, I keep stopping the cough. I keep stopping the cough, but the more I stop the cough, the more the fluid builds up. And then eventually, when the cough medicine wears off, I now have a worse problem than I had before because my body hasn't been coughing to eject that stuff. And so now I've got a major buildup going. And so when we start trying to solve our emotional and spiritual issues by trying to stop the bad symptoms of something that's gone wrong in our lives, what happens is we get more and more frustrated. We become more and more tense. We're holding things back. And then eventually I, I might have success for a while in trying not to be angry or trying not to react to certain things. But eventually I'll come to a point where things will get so congested that I'm going to blow up. (laughs) And then I'm going to feel like a failure. I'll feel like a failure because I thought I was making progress because I had gotten to the point where I knew I could, I could leave the room. 
I could, I could go someplace else. I could, but what happens when you're backed in the corner and you can't get away and that you're getting more angry by the second and you can't control it anymore because you have never fixed what's going on underneath. You've only mm-hmm. learned to try and stop the symptom, body's reaction to the symptom, and you're, boom, you're out of control again. So I realized that my problem, I had tried everything to solve the issues of my own self-hatred and other things like that. I couldn't solve them. Trying, just reading motivational books and having people say, you know, you're, you're the great African king and queen or whatever, and, and trying to motivate you by telling you something you don't even believe about yourself. The question isn't that I should try to make myself feel good about myself. The question is, why do I feel bad about myself in the first place? And I couldn't figure that out. I needed help. And God has his tools. He has professionals who love him, who want to help people to get past the things that stand between them and God. And this stuff in my life was standing between me and a positive, open relationship with the Lord. As much as I wanted to have the best relationship I could have with God, I was paralyzed by my own past history, which had slipped out of my consciousness. I had no idea. I had not put together the fact that the things that happened to me in my childhood, and, I, and it wasn't even like it had to be some serious abuse or something. It's not like that. It's just that the way I learned to think about me when I was a child got fixed in my head, and I grew to hate myself. And that hate, for me, turned into outbursts against others. God had to show me how all of this was fitting together. And through a great counselor, I was able to see it and address the underlying issues. And you know what? Once you get to understand what's going on underneath, you don't even have to try the self-help books anymore. Once you know and that you know the truth of what God is doing for you and the falseness of the things you've come to believe it's almost natural to switch over to god's way of thinking and when you do his power flows so for those who feel that i you know turn my back on god and Mm -hmm. after man's way well actually i am closer to the lord today than i ever was when I was trying to do it myself. Well, you decided to reach into that toolbox, tool, tool belt that you had on you. You decided to reach into that tool belt that you had on you and say, well, I'm going to fix this house right. I'm not going to let this, you know, I'm not going to just be holding on to something knowing that I have the tools, but I'm not actually using them correctly. Um, Michelle, yeah, any questions or comments? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, no, I was just saying I I had a, a, a situation where the Lord had to let me basically hit bottom so that I would be able to seek the help that I really needed. And, you know, this is the last thing I, on, 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 on this point. A lot of what people, a lot of what people are saying and I brought this out in the book. A lot of times when, when people are saying that they don't want to turn to counseling because they want to trust in God, it's really not, it's really not that. I think it, was, it is a lot of times people don't want to turn to counseling because they don't want to admit that they have an issue. True. And God mm-hmm. becomes a shield. God becomes a shield to keep people from saying, I've come to a point where I'm so broken I can't fix it. Right. You're right. You know, they, they, they don't want to tell the truth. 
And the Bible says the truth shall set you free. But they don't yep. they want to keep their truths hidden. Um, because one thing one thing for sure and another thing I know in Proverbs it says for the issues for the what is it? It just hit me. It just left me. All right, Nichelle, while I look that up. Yeah, for out of heart comes the issues of life. Yep, so those issues are, I tell people, regardless of what's going on, if you 10, 20, 30, 40, if those issues are there and you've covered that in Chapter 3, they will manifest. I don't care how old you get to be, what you do in your life, if if those issues are there, they will manifest. Good, yes, bad, or indifference, they will be there. Any questions or comments, Nichelle? I just wanted to enjoy this conversation. This is this is a good conversation, and it was putting me in uh, in mind of something I was learning while I was going through. Uh, it was actually like a stress management class <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were going through the fact of uh how we need to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you're being mindful it's like you're you're just very self-aware of what's going on in you in your body when things are happening when you're reacting to somebody and it put me in that in that mind I was thinking that's kind of what you're talking about that we really need to become more self-aware you know to know if I'm yeah. if I'm angry you know, well, wait, why am I angry? Why am I angry at you? You just said whatever. Why does that make me angry? And normally it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the person. It's all yeah. internal. And so, yeah. you know, that's like, to me, that really is like step one. If you can get there, then, you know, then, okay, now I know I need some help because something in here is making me, if, if you don't, give me all your attention or if you don't do what I say or if you don't whatever, why am I angry at you? Like you have a choice and you don't have to do everything I say. So, (laughs) you know, it's like things like that. So it's like, yes, when you become self-aware and really have that mindfulness and are considering your reactions, what's happening with you, then, you know, then it comes the next step, which is what you're talking about, like getting the help and definitely not being ashamed for it. As human beings, we're the only creatures on earth who can think about our thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. In other words, I can say something to myself. And see, a dog can't say, why am I, Why do I want to bite this guy? Right. <laughs> I mean, does it really make sense right. for me? I mean, have you ever seen a dog sitting down thinking and going like, hold it, wait a minute. I mean, why would I really want to attack someone? I mean – it doesn't really make sense. I mean, what are we going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. In other words, I could wind up in the pound because of this. You need to get another dog because I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to do something that's going to hurt my reputation. I mean, I'm a good mm. dog. I don't really want to be known as the neighborhood dog that bites. I, I don't want that. I don't need that reputation. Right, right. And you're sitting there looking at your dog going, this man is robbing our house. Do something. <laughs> and you're going like, no, I, I, no, because he might be a nice guy. <laughs> As he's robbing Do you realize what the nice jaw guy. pressure is that I have? I mean, I can snap this guy's arm in two. I don't want to do that. Just let him go. Mm, mm, <laughs> and, and, but dogs can't do that. But we can. Correct. Mm-hmm. We can. But when we get to the point where we're so obsessed with protecting ourselves and so fearful of of losing control and, and, and just being dominated by our emotions that we stop thinking about what it is we want out of our relationships with people and how we can make sure that we represent the Lord as best we can and live a life that is a testimony to his goodness. When we begin to feel abandoned and, and so forth, we lash out like an animal. So what God is doing is he's restoring in us our ability to stop and say, you know, 
this person just said something that was insulting to me. But is it really that deep? Because one, I know where I stand with the Lord. And mm-hmm. two, I know that I'm loved. And three, I know this person. They're angry about something, and I may not be the one they're angry about, but they've lashed out at me. I can pray for them. I don't have yeah. to fall apart. I don't have to lose my mind when they lose theirs. I, I'm secure. Amen. For me. Amen. I never felt that way. See, I never felt that way. I always felt like a cat backed in a corner. All my life, I always had this feeling that somehow somebody was going to crack through and show me to be less than. And I did everything I could to fight from being in any kind of embarrassing situation. And I spent my time protecting me. And in the process, I kept doing foolish things. And God showed me the way out. When I said the Lord rescued me from Egypt, this was a huge part of my Egypt. You don't have to be a drug addict, and you don't have to be a whoremonger, and you don't have to be you know, somebody who is just in the, the big public sins that we think that are really bad in order to find yourself cut off and distant from the Lord. You can be Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, still be a million miles from God in your mind. And that's where I was. I was Mr. Churchman, Mr. Try-to-do-it-right, Mr. Try-to-live-it-clean, and I was a million miles away from him because I didn't believe in his love for me. And that, along with the things in my childhood, converged to lead me to act and live as though I had been abandoned by him. Wow. Well, you're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Kai and Nichelle. You can call in at 845-277-9384. Again, that is 845-277-9384. Or you can log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. And we are having a live interview with author extraordinaire A.E., author extraordinaire <laughs> Mr. Don Wood. Of titled the we this is our book club man the mirror book club and we are in the process of going through the good work you better get it you know get it before you know before before his next book comes out which he's working on because this man is on fire for the Lord he's on fire for doing you know getting the word out there to help people but I'm going to give you guys before we go um, I'm going to read this and then I want you guys to ponder this. Um, and then I'll, we'll take our break and be right back. God has placed gifts of medical and psychological treatment among his people to allow us to be helped and healed. That way we can advance in good health to do the work he has given us. God provides. God provided Mrs. Diop to answer years of <clears throat> prayers just in the right time. He spent years preparing her with the with the reverent life experience and training that made her the perfect counselor for me. As I mentioned earlier, God has a sacred timeline and now it was time. And as we're about to go to our uh, a few minutes break, a few, a couple notes from our supporters, Music and Structural Learners Arts Academy, where the arts knows no bounds. If you love the arts like um, photography, dance, culinary arts, and art classes all online, then go to MIFAL Arts Academy website, www.mifalaa.org, and check them out. Or call to talk to Dean Lavender to get more information at 833-643-2563. 
And uh, we have a new show that is airing this month. And I will let Michelle tell us about Boss Radio Live with NJ. First, I must say, Kai, that I feel slighted that you don't do my commercial with your radio voice and you make me do it instead. So we're going to have to fix that in future episodes of the show. I'm just letting you know. Okay. okay you got to put that out there on the, on the air, right? You really got to put that out there on the air. Okay. I, okay. I got you. Hey, this is real stories, real overcomers, and we got to put the real thing out there. Okay. We, we're real here. But anyway... Uh, Boss Radio Live with NJ, which is myself, will be launching on May 21st at 6 p.m. Please join us. We have some amazing guests lined up. You can look the show up on my page, Boss Radio with NJ. You can also find our channel on on YouTube, Boss Radio Live with NJ, and you can look up my personal page as well because I have some advertisements there, which is Nichelle Jones Johnson. So please look it up. Please join us on May 21st at 6 p.m. We have a wonderful guest. Her name is Cherie Good. She's a recharge strategist. She's going to talk about um, some things in her new book coming out and some things that can be helpful in your life to get you over situations that happen, bad situations that happen, I should say. So please join us on May 21st at 6 p.m. Amen. And with that said, we will take a break. And let's talk about a good, good father. As you call me deep 
We are back live with Man in the Mirror, with the Man in the Mirror Book Club, The Good Work, Chapter 3, with our author extraordinaire, Don Wood. This is our third month, actually fourth month, even though it's five, you know, we're in the fifth month. This is our fifth month talking to this young man who has authored his first book. The good work, and we are going through it. I'm breaking it up. I'm highlighting. I'm probably the only one highlighting and, you know, breaking a book up, but I'm doing this. So the questions I want to ask, the questions I want to bring um, across that, you know, you may want to ask, um, you know, if you call in, if you're reading the book, or if you want to write him, we'll make sure he gives you his information so you can contact him. But again, this is Man in the Mirror with Kind of Shell. You can call in at 845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-277-9384-845-
Amen. Amen. And uh, moving along, you're like, okay, this man wants to dissect this book. Yes, I do. And you said, I tried to think of the best way to share what the Lord did to me in these sessions and concluded that there were there was no need for a blow-by-blow account. What was important was the faulty beliefs that I had about my life and the changes in those faulty beliefs and the, that resulted from the sessions. Here are those faulty beliefs and new views that developed through counseling and renewed journey into God's word. The faulty beliefs, I hated me. People hated me. Therefore, God must hate me too. I am a failure. I was a cause. I was the cause of that failure. I was wrong. And for me to say I wanted something, everyone's life would be better if I were dead. I was proof that God made a mistake. Those are the you know five things that uh, Mr. Don had said that his faulty beliefs. Now, my new beliefs, as a result of the counseling, I came to see that I was not hated. There was hope for me and that God loved me deeply. Okay, let's, you know, can, you know give us some play-by, not play-by, play, but give us more in-depth information about your faulty beliefs and your new beliefs. Well, you know, just a, another sentence down, um, is something about that. Now you see, I have, I listed like five faulty beliefs that I had and they're pretty serious faulty beliefs. And like I said, you don't have to be, you know, standing on a bridge with a rock tied around your neck to get ready to jump, <laughs> right? you know, to, 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 to show you're in real trouble. Um, I, I had, I had beliefs that, that were really kind of limiting my life. All the time, God was doing a whole lot of interesting things in me, through me, and with me. But every time I even did anything that was good or accomplished anything for the Lord or for the church or for whatever, at the end, I still felt somehow that it wasn't good enough. I hated myself, glad it's over. You know, at least I got through that one without messing up. I, I had this I had this really off view of myself. And the thing is, I, I said down here in this chapter, I said, if you look at that list, numbers two through five are the result of number one. Number one was I hated myself. I believed that people hated me and that therefore God must hate me too. So all the other things that I said, believing that God had made a mistake and that everyone would be, feel it would be better off if I were dead and so forth and so on. All that stuff was a result of what I believed in number one, that I hate myself, that I believe because I hate myself, I knew that people had to hate me. And therefore, if everybody hated me and I hated me, <laughs> God had to hate me. But you see how I was projecting my personal feelings and they were just feelings. I was projecting my personal feelings about myself onto God. And when we do this stuff, those beliefs start becoming our reality. And then we begin mm -hmm. to become angry inside because we're feeling abandoned. We're feeling cut off. We're feeling hopeless. Because when you believe that God hates you there is no hope and the one thing that people in this world today need more than anything else it's hope yes, that is correct yep you know yes. when we we talk about when jesus when jesus went and healed people we marvel at what we think was the great thing he got his arm back he got over leprosy. He, uh, Jesus set him free from blindness, all these kinds of things. The thing that these people rejoiced most about, if you read the stories carefully in the Gospels, the thing that they rejoiced most about was that they had hope, that they weren't cast off. 
when Jesus healed the man born blind in John chapter 9, what Jesus gave that man before he even got his eyesight back was hope. When Jesus came to blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus was so excited, he started yelling and screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he do it? It's because when he heard that Jesus was in was within his reach, his heart thrilled with hope because he had heard so much about the loving kindness of Jesus that he figured there is hope that I can get my sight. And so what people want more than anything else is hope. And I needed hope. Mm-hmm. And God gave it to me. Even though I knew it, I read it, I could explain it, I could preach it, I could sing it, I could do a whole lot of things, but I didn't believe it. Excellent. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because you know, I've been there myself before. I've been through you know things in my life similar. So I definitely understand. And basically, you were saying you she put you through a process of recovery of your recovery. You had to separate fact, and this is what you Uh said from feelings. You know, that's the thing that we all go through: separate fact from feelings. And, yeah, I think uh, a lot of your listeners really need to be able to do that. And that's where we need to help. Because so often we think that our feelings are facts. And they're not. And um, I like what she said. This is not as simplistic as it sounds. Yet this was a complication of my life was required. Conscious work to examine why this eagle state developed and how to move to the most productive of the three eagle states adult adult here are those three eagle states in a nutshell adult i'm okay you're okay parent i'm okay you're not okay child i'm not okay you're okay the child state is not the same as childness. It means that something has made a person seem that him or herself as the weak partner in a relationship and that others are definitely better than he or she is. Of course, there was a lot more going on in our sessions than this topic, but this became a light bulb moment for me. That was your aha moment because she said, look, you had to go through stuff. You are, she learned that you were a psychology major, which is important in college. She made you do some research to transitional analysis. And that's a word, transition, transactional analysis. I'm sorry. I discovered I had regularly fell into the child ego state in my relationships can you, you know, yeah. we have a few minutes left, and if we even go right. over, that's fine. But can you enlighten us with, you know, when you say you had transitioned, which is, you know, into your childlike manner? Yeah, see, the child ego state, when you are in that, uh, and, and that's why I went into trying to distinguish it from childishness, a child ego state is not so much an issue of immaturity or anything like that. What it is is that when you believe that you are less than others, when you believe that everybody else is okay but you're not, you begin to fall into this position of basically not trusting your own thoughts, of, of believing that everybody else has it right but you don't. And so then you begin to put a lot of pressure on your relationships with people because you don't trust yourself and you don't trust your, your decision-making, and you begin to put people in charge of everything. And ultimately what happens is you force other people into the parent mm. relationship. In other words, they know that you think you're not okay. They know that you think that they're the okay one. 
So they begin to deal with you as if you are the not okay one. And so mm. it is an unhealthy position. The parent ego state is not a healthy position. It's not, it's not a superior position to you. It's just that you have put that person under that pressure that they have to take the decision-making role because you have abdicated because you don't trust yourself, you don't believe in yourself, you hate yourself. And so the only one of those three relationships that's good is the adult where you believe that you are okay, that you are secure, that you do have confidence, that you are willing to take the risks of decision-making, that you are willing to step up and do what you got to do. And you believe that they too are okay. And you both come to the conclusion that we can work things out together rather than I have to take over or you have to take over. It's not like that. And so that's where God was leading me to understand. Look, kid, you have fallen into a mess, and you can't just walk out of this. The point is it's such a a deeply entrenched thing that it takes time to build the kind of approach to life that will lead the people you deal with to see you in the light you need to be seen in. It's not something that's going to get fixed overnight, but you can start. Amen. Amen. Any questions on that um, area or concerns, um, Michelle? Man, I just wanted to say this is a really good discussion. I almost feel like we need to stay in Chapter 3 for the next show. I don't know. Um, But this this is just really good, and just knowing – I guess, like, what is going on in you, just having that, like we were talking about earlier, that self-awareness, but this is, like, even deeper than just knowing yeah. something's wrong. You know, you guys were really getting into what was causing that in the background, and that is really valuable information um, and allows us to have, you know, they try to do everything fashionable now, so it's called emotional intelligence now. Yeah. It's kind of what it's well, called, you know, but that that's what it made me think about. On the night that I finally had my big crash, uh, <laughs> I think we talked about a little bit in the last chapter, uh, that day I had been reading Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And uh, <laughs> when I had How'd that go? How'd that work I, out for I, you? Well, when I messed up with my son, I can tell you this. Everything that book said, I did wrong. I mean, everything. I think I did I think I even invented stuff that wasn't even in the book and did that wrong. Mm. I mean, it was just like, to me, once again, emotional intelligence, when you're in the middle of your own emotional crisis, trying to read these books and trying to fix these things yourself without realizing even why you're trying to fix them, you don't know what's going on with you. You don't know why you're Mm -hmm. in the mess you're in. All emotional intelligence is telling you, emotional intelligence 2.0 is telling you, that if you are showing these kinds of behaviors, then uh, those behaviors are indications that there's something wrong, and you need to stop those behaviors. You need to introduce new behaviors. Well, I don't right. know why I'm. Be- I don't even know why I have the old behaviors. Right. But now I'm going to be spending all this time trying to work on trying to manually correct things that I've been doing by nature for a long time and I'm sitting up here trying to think about how I can try not to be angry and try to feel better about myself and all this other stuff like that. It's so much pressure that eventually you don't have the power to sustain that. What you need is power from the Lord to help Mm -hmm. you as you understand, as you understand why you wound up like this in the first place and when I started Mm -hmm. to discover that then the Lord was able to say son you see why you hate yourself and why you think I hate you now that you know that I don't let's work together now I can trust him see now I can trust him because I know that a lot of what I was going through 
were feelings that came to me because of the way I learned to think when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you one little example. Amen. I know we're trying to wrap up, but I'm going to give you one little example of how little childhood things can come back and, and, and really haunt us later. And this is really simple, and it's like nothing dramatic, but it shows how it works. When I was four years old, I was wearing a pair of sandals, and I went outside, and when I got out on the front porch, I somehow stubbed my toe on this concrete front porch stepping down out of the front door. <clears throat> and when I, looked, when I looked down, I saw blood around my toenail. And obviously I had stubbed my toe, and it had slightly separated my toenail, you know, we have that happen to us all the time, right? Well, when I saw this happen, as a little child, I made a decision. I saw that the problem that I had was caused by wearing sandals. And I made a decision that day. I made a decision that day. I would never wear sandals again. I am 65 years old do not own a pair of sandals, and never wore another pair of sandals for any length of time from the time I was four until now. Mm. And you couldn't get me to buy a pair of sandals. And it's not because I'm afraid today that I'm going to stub my toe. I know that, but it's just that I lost all connection with sandals because of that one bloody toe. And so you think about that in terms of other things that children go through, bad experiences, somebody talking about you, somebody laughing at you, something going on in your world, something that's negative, getting a beating for something you didn't do, whatever it is, and you swear to yourself as a child, it will never happen to me again. And you can't figure out when you're 40 why you feel this way. Why you become frightened of this thing. But if someone were to mm. get you to go back and remember, what, where did you start feeling like this? Then you would go like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize I made that decision when I was five years old, and I've been running from that ever since. I've just found more adult, sophisticated ways of running. But it's mm. all because of something that happened to me when I was a kid. And that's that's what I'm talking about here. Wow. And that's, and a, you're that's right. a deeper level of work right there. That's not the surface level is, is knowing something's wrong but but getting to where you are and I and I think that's, you know, why we need to really understand like how you were saying at the beginning of the book about how people feel about um especially Christians about counseling and things like that but you know we really need to be determined that whichever way that we need to receive the help and and mm-hmm. I think Christian counselors are the best thing ever invented <laughs> because yeah. they have that knowledge that they need to really help you but then they also mm-hmm. have that spiritual background and they may know where you're coming from and some of the things mm-hmm. that you're dealing with that may actually be a hindrance to you, yes. you know, really getting your deliverance. Um, and so, yes. I mean, that's amazing for, you know, for the listeners that are listening today. That is like a piece of gold. That, that's a piece of gold just to have that knowledge that, you know, you can't do it alone. You have God. You have faith. You you still are a, a true Christian. Whatever you whatever you are, you know. But outside of that, you still may need more help than yes. that. And yes. so and it's you no, no shame in that. Yeah. yeah, because people will try and tell you that you are abandoning your your God and that you're turning your back on your faith and that you're doing evil. I mean, literally doing straight-up evil by going and seeking out counseling. But like I said, go ahead, do your own open-heart surgery. You know, I mean, see how far you get. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, you, if your brain, if your mind, if your heart is broken, there are people who have been trained to help you to put those pieces back together by the grace of God. Yeah, hey, people underestimate the power of the mind. Oh, yes. the power of the mind is amazing. And I was listening to what you were saying, but just imagine on the opposite end of that spectrum, if you're able to yes. use that, because to me that's a superpower. But it's but it's attainable. We have it, and it's in the power yes. of our mind. But imagine if we're able to use that for good, for our betterment, yes. for our, for increase, right? To have that frame yes. of mind that locks in something so deeply that you don't depart from it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Churches would be a lot less safe. <laughs> as, Joyce Myers, yeah. as Joyce Myers wrote, the battle is in the mind, and that's a whole yes. other book. But um, this was good. Please tell our listening yes. um, audience how they can contact you, get a hold of your book. So, you know, if somebody, as they're listening to it, that they may say, hey, look, I need to get this book. We want to help yeah. increase well, your sales. We want people to know all about author extraordinaire, A.E. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a business card, A.E. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, but uh, if anyone wants to get the book, the title of the book is The Good Work. God never throws away anything he's working on, and they can get it by going to Amazon and uh, – Amazon.com. If they want me to give them the link, all they have to do is uh, email me uh, at Don, D-O-N, at Woodcom, W-O-O-D-C-O-M-M.com. And uh, just email me, and uh, I can send you the the link, or they can text me at uh, 301-385-3971. Just send me a text, and I will send you the link to the book. And uh, and if they want to just uh, contact me and talk to me about anything, I'd be glad, more than happy to uh, share. Amen. That is a, the, the, the good man doing and the writer of the good work. Excellent. Any closing comments, Michelle? I just really enjoyed this um, this whole conversation. Um yeah, it was a good conversation, much needed, and I hope that uh, people really take heed of of kind of what you're saying in that chapter especially. Um, but, yeah, we just really appreciate you uh, being on the show and really uh, walking us through the book. I think it's a, a true blessing. Well, thank you hey. very much. See, hey. see Kai, she, she, she didn't put me in the list of her guests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Don't oh. make him jealous. Don't Touché. make him jealous now. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. <laughs> okay, hey, I'm really and... proud of you, Michelle. Glad you're doing that, though. Thank you. I, I cannot wait to get started and and. Um, yeah. Yeah, we might have to talk, but, you know, we won't talk. <laughs> That's right. Don't talk on my time. I got, I got, a contract. I got, I got this contract with, with, with Kyle. That's I right. Don't be off. <laughs> yeah, go ahead on her show. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, we will finish because I put a note. And my um, book, a star of my book, we definitely have to finish uh, chapter three. And chapter yeah. four is really not that long, so we can actually combine right. them. Because I said yeah. we will put a couple chapters together so we can get through. We have yeah. what? I can't count. So we got seven months left. So we got to, you know, get through the rest, 14 more chapters. So, but we'll mix, yeah. we'll mix them up because we want people to really know what's going on um, in your book. Because we all need help, help, and as you guys said, the battle in the mind. We talked that about that in church and Bible study. That if Satan can get your mind, then he's got you. Mm-hmm. If Satan mm-hmm. can get your mind, then he got you. That's why we have to stay in the Word, and that's why David said, "Thy word have I hidden in my heart, 
that I might not send against you. And uh, we would like, as closing, I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening to us um, and sharing Man in the Mirror. We are um, with our author and extraordinaire, Don Wood. Our book club is growing as you're listening and getting detailed information from the author himself. If you have any more questions for his information, we will put it in our event page, and he just gave you all of his information. Again, this is Kaya Nichelle, and as always, we'll see you at the mirror.